Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in a series called Family Matters with a focus today on marriage. You know, to build a strong family, you need a strong marriage. And if God is a foundation, it's time for some renovations based on what the Word of God says What would the man and wife tear down, and what would be built up? You're going to hear Pastor Sean tell some of his marriage secrets. Reallife.org has his full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. If you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. It's a place to give at reallife.org. Today's part one of the message called Marriage Matters. Pastor Sean is starting off in Genesis chapter 2. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. As wonderful as marriage is. Our series is called Family Matters, and you can't talk about family without talking about marriage. The fact is, marriage is so central to family, but it's also something where none of us are neutral on. It's not a neutral subject. It is a charged subject. It's become the center of major cultural and political debate. We see it in legislation. We see it everywhere. What's the definition of marriage? What constitutes a marriage? But even beyond that, Every one of us in this room has been impacted by marriage. If not yours, then someone else's. It's really true. No one's neutral when it comes to this subject. I want to suggest, as we've talked about family, we've talked about issues, ups, downs, struggles, the majority of the problems, the vast majority of problems that we face in families stem from problems in marriage. Think about that. If we could get the marriage thing figured out and marriages could be what God intended, I believe the vast majority of family problems would either go away or at least be reduced significantly. I think every married person here can tell us marriage can be the most wonderful experience of your life and at the same time the most frustrating experience of your life. Like, how's that possible? Well, you put two people into a home together and say, walk together, build a life together, things can happen. We want to begin at the beginning. I want to reread a passage of Scripture that we looked at a few weeks ago, because marriage is God's amazing idea. It's where he began this experience of human life. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 2. I want us to look there again. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture that we read a few weeks ago, but I'm going to go a little bit farther, and I want you to see why. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field, every bird of the heavens, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the heavens, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. Remember, we talked about how God illustrated to Adam his need for someone. This idea that that he needs someone. 
He saw all these animals and they had pairs. They were male, female, but he recognized, wait a minute, there's no counterpart for me. That's what God brought him to. It says, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and he closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, look at this passage of scripture, a defining passage of scripture. A man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast. Another translation says cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Remember that phrase, very important phrase. They shall become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked and they were not ashamed. This is the first time the man sees the woman. He had been looking at livestock and all of a sudden God delivers this. And she didn't have any clothes on. And he's just like, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, God. Wow, well done. No, God, 10, 11. You get an 11 on that one, God. But as they would soon learn, this whole idea of one flesh, it's, it, that is a unique relationship in the marriage relationship, this idea of one flesh. There is no other relationship on the earth that has that distinction. And it is a huge challenge. Let me give you a few reasons why. First reason is personal differences. All of us are different. Who you are, where you've been, what you want out of life. We have different personalities. We have different preparations in life. Different perceived futures. We have different backgrounds. We have different interests. Differing values. Different vision. Different desires. Add to that little mix different genders. And that's fun. And you put these two people together. We process differently. We see things differently. We understand things differently. We communicate things differently. How about the fact that we face cultural values? We struggle with cultural values. We live in a world that values self more than sacrifice, fun rather than faithfulness, instant gratification over delayed gratification, self-realization over self-control. And that's constant. And, and what's interesting is the world we live in is not content to simply have its values and let you have yours, Okay. No, no, the world bombards you relentlessly with these values 24-7 through entertainment and media, education, legislation. It's constantly hammering. It's not content to say, well, we're different, so you do you and I'll do me. No, no, it is pushing us to conform constantly. And then, of course, the sin nature. Isaiah 53, 6, love this passage of Scripture. It's a prophetic passage talking about Jesus and what he would do to redeem us from our sins. But look at what the writer says. He says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. That's a great working definition of sin. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity or the sin of us all. You put two sinners in a house with different backgrounds, all the differences, the genders, all the stuff, and then you add the fact that we're people who basically, we want to do things our way. That's the sin nature. There's something in us that resists God's way and says, I want to do it my way. That's what it's about. I, in fact, what's interesting is I hear people in a marriage that's in trouble maybe talk about we've grown apart. We've grown apart. And I'm like, no, 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 you haven't. The Bible says you walked apart because all we like sheep have gone astray. You didn't, you didn't grow apart. 
You made choices and you walked apart. That's what you did. And the, the good news on that is that means you can walk back together. You can choose to say, all right, we are now going to listen for the Lord's voice, do what he says, and we're going to come back together. See, one flesh is God's gift to your marriage and to your family. But because of those things, it's not easy. God designed marriage to be the foundation of the family. The absolute foundation. Listen to how Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote about it. I love this. I did a wedding this last weekend for a couple of our staff members. Maddie Beckham and Christian Bowman are now Maddie and Christian Bowman. And a lot of people fired up. A lot of people fired up. And and it was. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful time. And, And they were prepared. They went into this with their eyes open. It was an awesome, awesome thing. But I read this to them. And it's to think of this being read to a married couple from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, German theologian and pastor. He said this, he said, Marriage is more than your love for each other. It has a higher dignity and power. For it is God's holy ordinance to which he wills to perpetuate the human race till the end of time. In your love, you only see your two selves in the world. But in marriage, you are a link in the chain of the generations which God causes to come and to pass away to his glory, and calls into his kingdom. In your love, you see only the heaven of your own happiness. But in marriage, you are placed at a post of responsibility toward the world and mankind. Your love is your own private possession. But marriage is more than something personal. It is a status and an office. Just as it is the crown and not merely the will to rule that makes the king, So it is marriage and not merely your love for each other that joins you together in the sight of God and man. As high as God is above man, so high are the sanctity, the rights, and the promises of marriage above the sanctity, the rights, and the promise of love. It is not your love that sustains the marriage, but from now on, the marriage that sustains your love. That's one of my favorite quotes about marriage. It's not your love that sustains the marriage. Well, as long as we love each other, we'll stay married. No, no, it is your marriage that sustains your love. I, I made a vow. I made a vow before God, before my family and friends. And I had a word with all the people at that wedding on Friday night. I said, you're not just here to look pretty and to give gifts, although that's good too. You're here to witness their vows and because you're their community, you're their family, their friends. You're to be the ones who push them back together when pressures and life and just stuff threatens to tear them apart. We're the ones who say, I was there the day you said, I do. I was there the day you made a vow. And I want to encourage you, keep your vow. That's our assignment. That's what marriage is. And, and I love Bonhoeffer's picture of marriage as transcendent. You know, we talk in our, in our cultural context of, of redefining marriage. I want to tell you something, and I shared this, I've shared this with you before, but I want you to, to really remember this. Our government does not have the right to redefine marriage because marriage existed before our government or any government on the face of this planet. It doesn't have the right to redefine it. In fairness, I believe the government has a right to create civil unions if they want to do that. I don't like the way it's being done. I don't like the route that it comes from. But if a government can choose, if a people choose to do that, God's given a free will. And if a people choose to say, we're going to have a, a, another category called civil union, a government can do that. But they can't change something that they didn't create. 
Marriage is something, I don't care how they use the word, I don't care what they say about it, I don't care what law comes into place. There is this idea that is God's idea, and nothing any man on the planet says is going to change that idea. That's what marriage is. And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called Marriage Matters. The series is Family Matters, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And another way to bless the ministry and yourself is to pick up the latest book from Pastor Sean Azaro. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast Podcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now back to the message, Marriage Matters. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. Psalm 127.1 gives us a beautiful picture of a home, but also of a marriage. Look what it says. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. We've been talking about the family. We've been talking about having a family that honors God and is built by God. Well, here's a key that I want us to remember. Here's a main point. Write this down. Letting God build your home begins by letting God build your marriage. Letting God build your home begins by letting God build your marriage. It's so foundational, so fundamental, and yet so many people miss it. Now, I want to acknowledge some things. I realize that we are in a lot of different places in this room this morning, or if you're listening online or maybe on the radio. Okay, we all come to this conversation from different places. Some are newlyweds. Others have been married for a very long time. Some are separated or divorced. Some of us have never been married. Some would love to get married. Others, not so sure. We saw a view of marriage that we're not sure we want to reproduce that in the world. And so we're not sure about this whole marriage thing. Some have a great marriage this morning and are feeling absolutely blessed. Others maybe have a good marriage, but you're under some stress right now and you're struggling. Others are in a situation that it just hurts and it's not good. And you wonder if there's any hope. I just want to say, for all of us, wherever we find ourselves, it is never too late to start making Jesus the center of your home, your family, and even your marriage. You're like, okay, I'm divorced. It's kind of late to have God be the center of my marriage. It is not. It is not too late to God have be the center of your heart, your life, your discipleship, your view of marriage, your thoughts of marriage, your decisions regarding marriage in the future. 
It is never too late to say, Jesus, you're the center. You're the king. You're the Lord. I am going to serve you in every area of my life, including my thoughts, my hopes, my dreams, my visions, my reservations about marriage. I'm going to serve you first. See, God is all about restoration, isn't he? It's what he does. I believe there will be something for everyone as we look at God's design for marriage. Some of you need to have the whole picture of marriage. You, you had a bad example growing up, and you need the whole picture of marriage changed for you. Well, let the Word of God do that, and maybe what we share this morning can be a start. See, letting God build your home begins by letting God build your marriage. Now, a few points about when God builds your marriage. Number one, when God builds your marriage, you're working off the same blueprint. You're working off the same blueprint. That's an obvious illustration. Anybody who's ever built a house knows how horrible it would be to have all your contractors building off a different set of blueprints. In fact, maybe you built a house and it felt like that. Construction is hard enough. But if all the contractors had a different set of plans, it would be a disaster. Well, I have to tell you, a lot of marriages start out exactly like that. They use the same words. Oh, we're going to get married. Okay, I know what that means because I saw a marriage growing up. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come into our marriage and I'm going to be like that. But wait a minute, she had a totally different view. Same word means something totally different, and it happens all the time. Different blueprint. What we're talking about really is your vision. What is your vision for your marriage? That's one of the things we deal with when we do premarital counseling. We don't do weddings around here without premarital counseling. We want to prep people, because if you go into marriage with a different vision. And I don't care. You can grow up in very similar settings. I don't think I've ever seen a couple go through marriage counseling that at some point they didn't go, what? You think that means that? It's like, <laughs> yeah. marriage counselor earning the money right now. It is so much better when you talk about that beforehand and you come together and share a similar blueprint based on God's design. It's not just marriage that may mean different things to different people. There's all kinds of abstract conce- concepts or things that weren't super clearly defined for us. Love, what does it mean to love? I love you. It means different things to different people. Fun, let's have fun. Different things to different people. Chores, different things to different people. My wife has a very different view of chores than me. She really means like lots of chores. I mean, chores are something you breeze through on your way to fun, right? Sex. Fine, we've had some different definitions on that as well. Kids. How are we going to raise kids? You can't be amazed how many people hum along, they're doing great, and then they have kids, and they're like, whoa, 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 you want to raise them like that? It's kind of late. They're already here. They live here. They have a room. We should have talked about that. We should have got God's blueprints. Finances. How do we deal with money? That's a big one. How about careers? How do we pursue our careers? How do we merge our careers together? How do we make decisions about careers? See, God wants to be the architect of a beautiful home. Your home won't look exactly the same as anyone else's, but it should reflect the Word of God as foundation, His Spirit at the center, and the unique blend of calling and gifting that He's placed in the two of you. That's what marriage should look like. That's what your home will look like. And while it won't look exactly like anybody else's, it will reflect his glory, his word, and his presence. That's what happens when God builds your marriage and you're working off the same blueprint. See, letting God build your home begins by letting God build your marriage. 
Secondly, you're following the same roadmap. You go, wait a minute, isn't that the same thing? Well, not exactly. You're following the same roadmap. It talks about how we get there. In, in other words, it's about direction. It's about life direction. It's about movement. Even when we have similar ideas of where we're going, we usually have different ideas of how to get there. I grew up in a home in Chicago where I don't know why it was a big deal, but you'd get somewhere, you'd get someone's house, how'd you come? And you were judged based on the route you chose. You're standing there, you made it, but my uncle doesn't, ah, you, big mistake, big mistake. Yeah, you should have taken Cicero over it. Yeah, that would have been much faster. Oh, okay. Good to see you too, Unc. People are like that, though. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't care if it could, we have different ways to get there. And direction matters when you're talking about a married couple. How we're going to go, how we're going to live, how we're going to walk together. I love this verse, Romans 15, 5 and 6, talking about believers, but what a beautiful picture for marriage. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, together with one voice. What's our direction in all those different areas we've talked about? What's our direction? How are we going to actually go and get there? Because that involves actual steps, actual things we're going to do, things we're going to choose not to do. It's really important stuff. But one thing I want to suggest and I want to encourage you with is the power of praying together. The power of praying together. This is such an important concept. You know, when Lori and I got married, um, we, had, we were very similar in some ways. We had a very similar faith, very deep-rooted faith in Jesus Christ. We loved each other, but man, we had different ways of doing things. And there's a very unique concept in the Scripture, a powerful concept that is a biblical concept. Paul, what Paul writes in Ephesians, he says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. But then he goes on, he says, wives, be subject to or submit to your husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. And that, that is a countercultural idea. It is a challenging idea. But just because something's countercultural or challenging doesn't mean we get to throw it out and say, oh, well, God doesn't know what he's talking about. No, no, the modern architects, they clearly know what they're talking about. No, the, the fact is God has a unique assignment for men in the context of their marriage. doesn't mean he lords anything over. doesn't mean he's not also mutually submitted to his wife in the context of their life together. But there is an area of authority that he wants his, the, the husband to model as a father, as a husband, in reflection of God's leadership in the context of the home. And he will hold that man responsible for what he does and for where his family goes. And it, there's, there should be a gulp factor in this idea. He also asked that man then to love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Pictures of a cross should come to mind right now. So there is a burden placed on a man's shoulder at marriage. Well, my wife understood that. And she made the commitment to support me in that by submitting to my leadership. And she also knew a very important idea. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. She knew this, okay? I wasn't fooling her. But what gave her great hope and encouragement was when she also knew, I'm a man of prayer. I'm someone who believes in the power of prayer. And I would seek the Lord's wisdom. And one of the great things that gave her hope and encouragement and gave me hope and encouragement is us praying together. I want to encourage you 
married couples, pray together. Pray together. Take time to just stop and pray together. When Lori and I, and this has only happened a few times in our marriage, big things, you know, this little day-to-day stuff, we kind of settle into a rhythm. We know where she's really good and gifted, and we let her lead, and we know where I'm really good and gifted, we let me lead, and it just kind of works. But there are a few times where we both kind of come to this place and feel like, wow, we're at an impasse. What we do is then we go and we pray separately, and we say, Lord, give us your wisdom. Even if we're not, if, uh, should we buy this house? Should we make this big career move? Big things. We, we make a point. We pray together, but then we go pray separately. Lord, you speak to our hearts. We have consistently seen God separately, individually speak to us and give us a sense of his direction. And do you know how much that does for both of us to know? I have such hope and confidence because I know Lori is a praying woman. She loves the Lord. She believes in him. She's able to hear his voice. She knows I'm a praying man. I love him. I believe in him. I'm able to hear his voice. That praying together gives us a sense that, yeah, it's not a power struggle. Because we both recognize, wait a minute, we're following another leader together. Yes, there are some areas where God has given me a responsibility as a, a husband and a father to reflect his role in our lives. And, and, and it is a very big responsibility. But he's also given my wife leadership abilities. He's given her responsibilities. He's given her a voice and the ability to hear him. This idea of praying together is powerful when it comes to following the same roadmap. Different people receiving the same direction. Letting God build your home begins by letting God build your marriage. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series Family Matters, It's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd appreciate your feedback. You can leave us a note on our Contact Us page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life.